Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope you had an amazing week. I know that I had an amazing week. Well, let me just say, I think I had a good week. I won't call it amazing. I I, I just won't. But did I have a good week? And the answer is yes. Um, So much went down this week. It's, you know, interesting to put into words. So let's just say, welcome. If this is your first time joining in with Conversations with Toy, Thank you for joining in. I hope that something that you're listening to, something that you're hearing is inspiring, makes you laugh, makes you think, or just gives you a point of view that you may not have considered. So I'm glad to have you here. Um, Don't make, don't be a stranger. Come back. We have several, and I do mean several role episodes that you can listen to. We are in season six. So there's plenty to hear. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about self-care. We're talking about it all. In past episodes, we try to make sure that we always cover some form of self-care because I do believe self-care is important, and I get it. People romanticize self-care these days, but in actuality, I would rather for people to romanticize self-care and actually find ways to be creative and do self-care than to let self-care go by the wayside just because you don't want to do that or you don't think it takes all that. Listen, every single day we have something that we need, something that makes us or inspires us. For instance, the other day I got this most amazing nap. And you might be saying, how are you taking a nap? I can't take a nap. I work all day. I work all day too, but we have different types of businesses. You do what you do and I do what I do. But when a nap is being taken, let me tell you, that is a form of self-care. Self-care does not have to be something over-exaggerated, does not have to be over-expensive. You don't have to have the latest and greatest. You don't have to be at the spa every other week. Self-care is simply thinking to yourself, look, locking into yourself and finding is, you know, finding the things that you need for that moment. And I also like to stress that practicing self-care is a beautiful thing, but we don't have to practice self-care only when something goes wrong. If you find yourself waking up on the wrong side of the bed, okay, I'm going to practice self-care today. Self-care is a daily care. You should be doing self-care every single day. And like I said, simple examples of self-care. Sometimes, you know, preparing your day is self-care. For me, that that, that seems to be self-care. When I feel empowered, when I feel organized, when I feel energetic and ready to hit the ground running, Those are forms of self-care and how I go about that is maybe is setting aside stuff for the day, adding things into my morning, you know, making my breakfast the night before and putting it in the refrigerator because I'm ready to go. Self-care does not have to be complicated, but self-care does need to be practiced every single day. So I hope someone is listening that thought self-care had to be a spa or bubble bath. It doesn't necessarily have to be. So this week was my birthday week, and there's a lot of things going on. First of all, my birthday week was okay. I didn't do my full toybration because I ended up getting a sinus infection last week, and I didn't have the energy, the strength to, like, 
So yeah, I didn't have the strength or the energy to continue to chug along trying to create or not necessarily trying to create. There's plenty in Philadelphia for me to have done for my toy vibration. I just didn't have the energy to do it after I got sick. So I kind of just laid low this year um, for my birthday. Well, actually for Mother's Day, since Mother's Day was on this past Sunday. Happy uh, Mother's Day to all who celebrated um, praying again, always for those who um, are grieving or were grieving during this period. Because if you were grieving during this period, you're most likely still grieving now. Um, and I always want to keep that in mind. If you didn't listen to last week's, not last week's, but two weeks ago, we did a Mother's Day um, podcast. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go ahead and take a listen. It's going to be very helpful to those who are in there, you know, who are struggling. But this past Mother's Day, so Mother's Day was extremely relaxing. Um, I actually was able to take some rest then. I felt pretty amazing the next day based upon the fact that I had gotten so much rest. Um, I had something as simple as some pizza and wine. That was my uh, Mother's Day dinner. I didn't feel like the whole hoopla of going to make reservations, to go getting dressed and going out the door. And that was fine with me. So for my birthday, it was sort of the same thing. We, I just really relaxed. I went and got my free Starbucks cup. And if you heard my cat, you may hear my cat on my on this episode a little bit more. He was in the hospital for a few days. And so that right there sent me on a, I don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, who am I? I've never liked a cat a day in my life. You couldn't get me near a cat. I basically never even pet a cat. And now I done fall in love with my own cat, which is truly amazing to me. And I'm sitting over here crying ugly tears because my cat was in the hospital. And, you know, I just really was not necessarily besides myself, but what I will say was I was just deep and I mean deep into my feelings of, oh my gosh, I hope my cat is going to be okay. Is my cat going to make it? And I'm going to be honest with you. It didn't look good to me at all the way that he was acting. So, you know, I'm going to do my best to just be grateful. Like I'm not going to be, be, do my best to be grateful. I am overly grateful for the fact that my cat is doing great and he's doing a lot better. He's not out the woods yet, but he's just doing a lot better. So my week, that's why I said my week was okay. It wasn't really glamorous. It wasn't a lot of things going on, but I got rest. I poured back into myself. My cat came home. So those are things I want to be grateful for and, and, and be grateful for the week. But a lot of things have taken uh, place since the last time we've recorded an episode. Last week we had an amazing guest and Sophia and uh, Flow with the Grow. But today, can we talk about Kevin Samuels just for two seconds? I don't understand how everybody is on two different fences with this. Listen, I don't speak ill of the dead, right? I don't, or at least I try not to. But we can't act as if his life was so, you know, he was such an inspiration. And those who feel like they're inspiration, somebody called people that love Kevin um, Samuels like Samuelites. I, I don't, I mean... The shoe could fit. I'm here to call him that. But Sam, Kevin Samuel's life on earth didn't, he didn't live a life that was well. He wasn't really treating a lot of people well. The way he talked to people was raggedy. And unfortunately, the, the, the things that are coming out about his life after the fact only makes light of the fact that sometimes we put people on these pedestals. We put people in these areas of high regard but reality of it is that sometimes their life don't always um, match the things that they're saying. And that's why it's important for me as a podcaster, as a blogger, as all the things that I do to try to get that lifestyle to match. 
like beyond I think all of us, unfortunately, when we pass away, that we may have some things that people didn't agree with. There may be lifestyle choices that we have created that people don't align with. But when you have this much controversy surrounding your life and your supposed legacy, if your legacy is this tarnished, and if you're living a lifestyle right now where your lifestyle, that if you were to pass right now, and your legacy is tarnished just because the way you lived may not be on the up and up. The only thing I can say about Kevin Samuel's life is that it becomes an example of what you should be trying to do. And that means to get yourself together. Find a way to live a life that shows. When people say that back in the day, the old people would say that. And that really meant that people really should look back at your life and really feel inspired. You know, when you go to funerals and people say good things about people, you know, we're never going to go to a funeral and hear people really, for the most part, talk raggedy about somebody, right? But if the chatter outside of the funeral is, he know he wasn't no good, somebody showed a lot in that eulogy, you got to do better, right? You have had already had had to do better. And this is why the people that remain, those who are alive, those who can hear this podcast and beyond, we have to do better on our own lives. I can't account for whether Kevin Samuels went to heaven. Um, you know, I would love to say that his antics here on earth definitely did not align. It definitely, you know, made him a candidate for him to not go to heaven, but I don't have a heaven or a hell to put him in. What I do know is that the things that he said, the degrading that he has done, those things will live on forever. His words, his videos, they will live on forever. And some people, somebody said it's the, these fatherless sons out here, some of these men that were like, oh my God, he's like a father figure to me. You got to get your daddy issues together. If you think that this man and all of his foolishness is a daddy figure to you, I'm going to need you to go ahead and get some therapy, right? Um, I'm and, and I'm not even joking about that. Like I know there have been people who have joked about that and said, oh my God, all kinds of memes have come forth. I am dead serious when I say that if you think that Kevin Samuels of all people is a daddy figure to you, a man you've never met a man you've never known because he dropped some, you know, kernels of wisdom in your mindset. I'm going to need you to go get therapy. Cause then the fact that you align with the things that he's saying in his, in the way that he said it, I'm going to need you to go ahead and get some therapy. And there's been so many people that made excuses saying things like, well, I don't agree with how he said it, but I agree with what he said. I, I don't even know where you could have gotten that from, but nonetheless, what I need you to do, whomever you are, male or female, I'm going to need you to go ahead and tap into some therapy because there's no way that you should be aligning with anyone who does the things that he's doing. Again, we can agree to disagree, but I'm going to need you to go ahead and see somebody about somebody that's about somebody because you're going to need a couple dipple dips of you need Jesus in your life. Um, but yeah, I need you. I, I need us to get better because again, we're focused on Kevin Samuels, but there's a lot of us. And I say us because, you know, I have not arrived. You have not arrived, but we have got to get to the place where our life means something. We got to get to the place that the things that we say inspire other people to become their better self. And I'm not saying that you cannot. I am not saying that you can't give people a harsh reality, but there is a delivery that makes sense. You don't have to then to, to get me to do better. I'm a further put you down and call you 
all kinds of names and words because I think that's going to get you better. Listen, there's a lot of people who do that. There's a lot of parents too who've done that to their kids thinking that they're going to make them stronger if I degrade them, if I call them outside their name, if I ignore them when they need um, emotional cues, if I do these certain things. Listen, this example can go a lot of different ways to a lot of different areas and where people don't see themselves as Kevin Samuels, you may find that you have a Kevin Samuels moment and you need to fix that. We all got to get better. Listen, I am this person that will tell the truth and tell somebody the truth, but you got to find a way to tell somebody in love. I, I don't understand why we missed that part. Telling someone the truth and love matters. It truly does matter. And I don't, I'm not understanding why we don't grasp that concept because it, it does matter how we talk to people and it does matter your delivery. People don't listen. People are already fragile. People are already fragile. People are already doing the things that they're doing. We don't need for people to come in and, f- and further degrade us. I mean, we just don't need it. I know I don't, you possibly could not need that. We don't need that type of energy. So that's, that's one thing. Um, this week we had an amazing interview. We had an amazing interview. All right. So the Broadway play, that's who we interviewed. Some of our guests are here today and they're from the amazing play, the Broadway play of Hairspray. Hairspray was obviously an amazing show, the movie now on Broadway. And I'm so excited. So it's coming to the Kimball Center here in Philadelphia, starting May 17th through May 22nd. So that means you only have a little less than a week for the show to, to happen. But let me tell you, these tickets are going to sell out. They're going to. Who doesn't love Hairspray? Now, Hairspray does have its different uh, tones, messaging that, again, take place in the 1960s. And although it is taking place in the 1960s, there's a lot of similarities, unfortunately, that are happening today. And a lot of the cast is going to bring this show alive. If you love the the movie and or the show Hairspray and you love the singing and the messaging and the acting and all of the theatrics that go behind it, make sure that if you live in the Philadelphia area or nearby to grab your tickets, I will put the link in the bio of the show, uh, show notes so that you can click the tickets and you can be there. Listen, come on out, support the show. It's going to be fun. I am going on May the 17th. So get your tickets. Let's not play games, but we had two uh, people that we interviewed from the show, um, of hairspray. And one was Sandy Lee. She plays Motormouth Mabel. Um, she is from Columbus, Missouri, and she holds a master's degree in performing arts from Savannah College of Art and Design, and she has appeared in the national tour of The Color Purple as Suge Avery, Norwegian Cruise Lines after Midnight, and opening act for Frankie, Beverly, and The Maze, and we know that we love all of that, right? And she was American Idol season 13. So that's also a great thing. She's also a songwriter. Her music can be found in all major music streaming platforms. She's ecstatic and grateful to hit the road with the cast hairspray. And she gives her thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for all of her accomplishments and her parents, Carol and Sandy Lee for their unwavering support. So we are talking to Sandy Lee today about her experience being on the show. Uh, We're also talking to Jamonte Bruton. He plays seaweed stubs. Jamonte is grooving into his national tour debut. He is a graduate of the University of Central Florida with a BFA in music theater, 
Go Knights 2000. Jamonte has appeared in 2021's Broadway national tour of Hairspray as Dwayne. Additional credits include Smokey jo- Joe's Cafe as Victor, Hot Makito as Katisha, Sister Act as TJ, and he has collaborated with RWS Entertainment Group as a singer, dancer, and much love and appreciate appreciation to his family, friends, and mentors of their unwavering support. So in today's uh, podcast, we talked to both of them and we, and we asked questions such as how does it feel to be in the show? How do you prepare for the show? What is some of your self-care for the show and beyond? And how do you think the messaging, especially being of that they're both black and they're in this show and there's a lot of different messaging that took place in 1960s. How do you relate to that in today's time? So a little later in the show, we're going to bring them on and they're going to do their thing. We had an amazing conversation, but this was a round table. And this also included Tamika Bryant, who is, um, an amazing, uh, bl- blogger here in the Philadelphia area. You can also find her because she is the blogger of Philly Lifestyle. She's a Philly Lifestyle expert, but her blog is called Life and Pumps. And anybody who knows Tamika knows that you can see her in all kinds of pumps around the city. And I'm talking about some of the most fiercest pumps you've ever, ever, ever in your life have seen. So we are joined by Tamika. The next we are joined by Whitney Elise. She is of the Woke Mama on um, Instagram, but she is a, let me tell you something. I can't even just put her as she is just, just like Tamika. They are not just Whitney and Tamika are a force, but Whitney is definitely a lifestyle blogger. She is amazing in all the things that she does. And, um, you can find her at the reclaimed. She also is on a podcast of her own called the reclaimed podcast. She, and she has her blog. She does all kinds of amazing things. And let me tell you, she gets national spotlights, just like Tamika. Both of them are forces. So I was glad to be with Tamika as well as Whitney so that we can bring a little color to the, to the conversation. I love that. So stay tuned for that later in the show. But I wanted to just finish up before we get into the episode about what it, what is our goals now that we're into the spring, deep into the spring, and we're about to hit summer very soon. And that also means that we're going to be traveling. I want us to make sure that we're doing things to travel safely. Amazingly, I'll be going to LA next week. Do not worry. The podcast will still go on. Do not worry. We will be still going to get into going for the podcast. It will not have a delay. However, what I wanted to just say is that sometimes when we we're traveling, we're doing certain things, we're moving and grooving. I find that sometimes that it's a stressor that we don't think about the bigger picture. For instance, you got to get to the, to the airport early. You got to go through security. You got to go through all the checks, right? Make sure that you, if your state or your city is not requiring masks, that's fine. But I, I'm, you know, if you choose to wear one on the plane or whatever you choose to do, go ahead and do that. Keep in mind, that you're going to want to wash your hands and you want to have your hand sanitizer. You're going to want to wipe things down. But when you go to sit down, like there's just certain protocols. When I went to LA, the last time I was in LA was literally right before the pandemic closed. So this was in February and then the pandemic happened in March. I'd already started seeing the rumblings of what was happening in Europe. So when I got on that plane, I made sure to put my mask on, um, shout out to the, uh, the Ellis's. you may know them, Kadeem and Deval Ellis. Me and his wife, uh, Deval's wife, Kadeem, she did the same thing. She would do the same things every time she took a flight. This was way before the pandemic. So my husband was like, 
are you and Kadeem um, like twins or something? Because we travel the same way. I am extra precautious even before the pandemic. I always wiped things down. I always had the mask, did all of those things. So it's not necessarily out of the loop that as we travel, we should think smarter. As we travel, we really should consider the things that matter to us. And safety for me is one of those paramounts that we just kind of have to have. So think safe, safety when you're on a flight. Think safety when you're in water. Think safety at all points. Because again, we all want to get back into that travel bug. The travel bug has hit the storehouse. We are out of here. We're trying to get in and out to different places this summer. But we're going to consider safety, right? Always think about safety. Also, I want to talk about briefly as we end this part of the podcast and go straight into the episode where we have our amazing interviews is I want us to be sure and be glad and grateful and all those different things about the fact that at the end of the day, no matter what we have going on in our lives, we really have got to find a way to really build ourselves up. How can we push ourselves to become our better versions? How can we make sure that the things that we have going on in our lives and the things that concern us are taken care of? You know, sometimes we don't take care of ourselves the way that we should. And I just want to always remind you that although we talk about self-care and mental health, let me tell you something. When you let yourself go, there's no worse mental feeling than that. Because you're like, what in the world? What happened? Where did this happen? Where, where was my missteps? And sometimes we just misstep ourselves in the smallest of things. We'll do things like not eating, right? We know that that's not a good thing. We know later on we're going to be hungry or we're going to overindulge because we're pretty much starving. Let's stop doing that. Or we know we should be drinking more water, but we just, we don't take care of ourselves. And then when it goes from water and it goes from eating, then it goes from removing ourselves from conversations, removing people from our, from our situations and our lives. We don't do that. And we have to do better in how we take care of ourselves. We see people's other stuff a mile away. You could probably call out a friend of yours, a coworker of yours, somebody that you have in your inner circle that you know that there's some areas that they need to do, meaning that it's very prominent what their decisions should be, but they don't always do it. But I want us to take that lens and flip it back to us. How can we look at us and see the things that are so prominent that we should need, that we need to work on? When you look in the mirror, I want you to love every inch of yourself, but also be real and say, okay, I love me, but I want to change this about myself because I think that this is going to make me healthier. Anything that's going to make me healthier, anything that's going to make me my mindset better, anything that's going to make me see life better and be positive. And I don't mean the false positivity where you're like, everything's great. Nothing is wrong. And there's no problems in the world. That's not what I'm asking you anyone to do. What I'm simply suggesting is anything that interferes with your mental health, anything that interferes with your ability to just do the things that you need to do. Those are the types of things that I want us to not to be a part of. I want us to get it together when it comes to those things. So with that being said, I hope you have an amazing day, amazing week. The drink of the day is going to be a hot toddy. Listen, this is the second week in the store household that somebody has been sick. Between my cat getting sick and being in the hospital, my husband has been sick all week. He has whatever um, sinus infection or whatever I had the week before when I was super sick. He now has it. I'm only praying that my kids don't grab a hold to it. That's that's the prayer now. Like, Lord, don't let those kids get sick. But yes, my husband is now sick. My cat is sick and I was sick two weeks ago. It is not COVID. We've tested um, quite often. It's not COVID. Thank you, Jesus. However, the drink of the day is now a hot toddy. And I will leave a very simple hot toddy recipe inside of the show notes because, you know, I love for our drink of the day to also come with how to make these drinks. Um, Ever since I've taken that cocktail class, 
instead of just saying, oh, I'm having a glass of red wine, I'm trying to up my skill sets. And so I'm learning how to make certain drinks. So when I took this class, I'll leave that blog in the show notes as well. It opened up my, my little palate to be like, let me go get some simple syrup let me go get some grenadine. Let me go get this. Let me go. Listen, I'm trying to be the best home, um, a bartender that I can be like, I want to be the best one in my home, right? In my home means I cannot make you a drink. It may not be that great, but to me, I want to be experimenting and trying some things and trying some new things. So with that being said, the drink of the day is hot toddy. I will leave a simple recipe in the show notes so you can click and grab hold and listen, try your hand at something. Don't be afraid to try something and have it fall and fail. You're going to fail many times in life. And I know failing is scary. Failing is like the thing we don't want to do. But sometimes there's a lot of things that can come from failing. So have a great weekend. Let's listen to the interview. Grab your tickets. The link for the Kimmel Center will be in the show notes. Why? Because I want you at that show. This is going to be one of the most colorful uh, shows in a long time. They sent me over some amazing treats. Let me tell you, I love treats, right? So they sent me over this bag of goodies cookies that are in the shapes of the show and and hairs oh my god it's such a cute little thing you can follow me on social media as toy time blog if you go to my instagram and you look at the highlight that says theater you will see the treats there i'm also going to be posting a reel on tuesday or monday or tuesday to remind you to grab your tickets for so you can be prepared so you i'm not the only one in the show uh, audience i want you to be there too so if you live in or near the philadelphia area hairspray is going to be on and popping from may 17th through the 22nd take care of you this uh, this weekend and every day but this weekend take a little extra time to love on yourself a little bit more my schedule was a little jam-packed because of me getting ready to take this flight and so yes i am on the groove and on the move because again i'm I'm trying to get all the things in before I leave and anything that's not done or happening before I leave obviously is not going to happen. So have yourself the most amazing weekend and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening and, and supporting conversations with toy. Please listen to all the other episodes, three things you can do review, listen, and share all three are very much. And I mean, very much free for you to do. Thank you for being such a loyal uh, audience. I'm so amazing for our community and I wish you nothing but love, self-care and all of the greatest of mental health for you. (laughs) As we complain about the tech, we have the tech. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all can get started. All right. Um, yes, wonderful. So I'll, I'll start. And I just want to thank you both for being on here with us. Um, excited about this interview, exciting to see this production and really just exciting for the roles that you are playing in this and kind of what it means and, you know, diversity and just the lack of that we had been seeing. To see your beautiful brown faces is absolutely amazing. So my first question is really, how are you feeling about the show and what do you want people to get from it you want to go okay (laughs) (laughs) well as far as how i'm feeling about the show i'm having a great time you know i joined the cast kind of late um they had already been on the road for quite a few months um but the adjustment has been great i love the story i love my track i love the music i get to sing i would say um as far as what i want the audience to take away you know um Hairspray is a legendary musical, has won many awards, you know, it's 
highly acclaimed. Everybody knows hairspray, you know, um, but I feel like sometimes the message, the core message for me um, is lost in the storytelling or is lost in the hype of the show. Um, it, if, if it's, mm, let me see, try to figure out how I want to say it. Um, depending on who's telling the story, um, it can be masked. The, the true essence, the true story can be lost. Um, I just want me as an African-American woman in this industry, I want them to see the struggles that my people went, went through at that time and to see how um, the story shows us as Black people overcoming. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show, but um, Motormouth, the track that I play, um, she is a, a Black woman on an all-white uh, television show and she only gets one day a week but when they get one day one day a month excuse me when they get one day a month they show out for that one you know Negro day is the day you know so I I just I want them to see how far we had to come at that time those type of struggles uh, were real you know so I want even though the the mess the music is great the dancing is great the costumes like I said in previous interviews it's all great it's fun we look great up there we're having a good time but I want the audience to leave with the message of like I said what we went through how we overcame acceptance of black people acceptance of of all body types you know Tracy's a thick girl motor mouth is a thick girl Etna is a thick girl you know and we should all be inclusive and accepting of each other you know so yeah <laughs> I, I love I love all of that as a plus size thick girl. Hey. I love, I love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. How is it? How are you able to prepare for this role? Because you're coming into, I mean, we're going to see like the facets of black people in this space. How are you able to prepare? Like that's like one of my burning questions. How are you able to prepare for this? Um their preparation is a lot different. Look, I'm gonna let them go first because well, they do a lot more dancing. So I'm gonna let them go, I'm honestly, let them go first. One thing that I will say about Seaweed specifically is it's one of those roles where because he is so close to me, like there's a lot of similarities there. You know, I'm a young black man in America. So it's it's very much so a lot of similarities there. So I have to make sure that I separate myself, Jamonte, from the character because it does take place in the 60s. So simple things as reactions, you know, I got to remember that I can't judge the character and I can't judge the story as myself. So right. a lot of times I have to just take a moment and just remember, Jamonte, you are not seaweed. You are not in the 60s. You are not in 1962. So make sure that when you go on that stage, you are going because it has to be new every night. You know, you have to make sure that you're coming with a fresh energy. So. I make sure that I take the, have the time carved out to be able to get in my mind and, and really just like decompress from that day. And because things happen in our real lives, you know, and sometimes it is hard as a performer to to be on stage and to hear things being said to you or, you know, Negro Day. You know, we don't mm -hmm. you, we don't say these things in, in 2022. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you get a little, you can get a little bit personal. <laughs> you know, you're like, whoa, but it really does, it really makes a difference to separate yourself from the character. And as far as physically, because this show is very physically demanding. That's why I was like, I'm letting let him tell y'all. <laughs> I, I do, I definitely do a lot of cardio beforehand. And I just like try to pump myself up because there's a lot of on stage physical intense cardio. And then we'll off, we're off stage and it's like breathing. Porn sweat. Calm, calm, <laughs> still sweating, but you're calm and you're like, Okay, you have a little moment, but you have to kind of keep that adrenaline up because mm -hmm. one thing that's not good for your body to, to be 
at full capacity and then at a resting yeah. state and then full capacity. So I, I make sure that I'm, you know, running and I'm doing jumping jacks and I'm doing the moves backstage just to kind of get it in my body. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pre pre-work that I make sure that I have to do before I go on stage. Cause if not the audience, I feel like will know, yeah. you know, they will know if you're not in it or they'll know if it's yeah. artificial. So I, I try to make sure that I, no matter how, Crunch for time I am. I'm like, I gotta have this time to make sure that, you know, it's it's gonna be the best product for the the audience. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's dope. Um just to tag along to because that was such a good question, Toy. Um do you, you guys have to do any like historical work or historical like research or anything like that to like, you know, maybe assist with like your character's authenticity or anything like that? I don't know what you guys did in the initial like tech, you know, Mm -hmm. the initial rehearsal and meet and greet. If they Mm -hmm. gave y'all a breakdown, Um, I missed that. They did. I missed that. But I mean, my mom was born in 57. Mm. So I'm really close to I'm really close to my mom. My mom, she was like a part like NAACP stuff and like marching out of schools and stuff about they wanted one of her uh, teachers to cut their afro. And like it was like Mm. a whole I'm from Mississippi. So, oh, okay. you know, you know what I'm saying? So I've had a lot of stories uh, passed down to me from my mom, my grandma. And I feel like as far as my personal research, I really pulled from my mom and the women in my family. The women in my family led my family. You know, we didn't, unfortunately, like, like you know, a lot of families, we didn't have a lot of strong black male figures. Um, as far as the matriarchs of our family, I was raised by women, seven girls. My grandma had seven girls. You know, she was the head of our family. So, you know, that's who I pulled from me personally. The the real, um, not just reading about um, Black women in that time, but really experience, experiencing them and listening to the lessons that they taught me and trying to embody that. Um, of course, I did my research, you know as far as looking at actors who played it before and watching the performance, but that's what really helped me form who I feel like Motor Mouth is, um, is pulling from my, my, the black women in my family, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yep. What about you? Yeah, to piggyback <laughs> off that, agreed. Um, I think we have a, such a beautiful luxury of having people that could actually give us firsthand ex- experience about the sixties and can tell us from their point of view, how, black people would react to certain things so you know because because those things do play a big role in this show where you know i'll be in a scene i'm thinking hmm like if i was if i was me how would i but i'm like in the 60s they weren't so aware or they weren't so they, they didn't have as much progression so certain things being said they wouldn't they may not react in a in a negative way or like a conscious way they may just it may just be how things were and they were just like okay um so yeah, again, I I pulled from my grandma. I've asked my grandma questions. Yeah, I've asked my grandpa, and and I and I love that they're still here with me because I'm able to. Because a lot of people don't have that um that resource. So I definitely pull from that. Um, I, I also have done research because Siwi does a lot of it's a lot of choreography and dancing, and I try so hard to make sure that the dancing is within the time you know the time frame. So I definitely look up I've looked up the cakewalk and the twist and like I, I've gone on Google and looked up 60s moves to make sure mm-hmm. that it's, it's as authentic as possible yeah. <laughs> um and sometimes you see you'll hear the crowd like laughing because they 
they, I guess, you know, have seen it and they're like, oh they yeah, remember they remember it. it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I try to make sure that like I'm doing as much. And I'm, to till this day, I still, before shows, I'm like, hmm, what new dance can we throw in there today? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm looking and, and trying to make it as fresh as possible. So yeah, I definitely, definitely pull from my family and, you know, and then also being a black man, a young black man, it's like, I, I pull for myself too. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's some, some things that I have to really look at myself and say, well, what Jamonte, how would you feel about that? Yeah. You know, how would, cause you and seaweed, you know, you guys have similar minds, you know, it's something simple as the protest or, you know, it's like, how would you feel if you saw a cop in 1962? You know, like if you saw a cop now, if you saw a cop now, you know, so it's just <laughs> like, I, I definitely, I pull for myself. I pull for my family. I, I research. So yeah, that's how I, yeah. you know, try to make this, it's, it's authentic as possible at least you know right I love that I think that authenticity is absolutely what draws the audience in and as influencers we know that because that's pretty much the reason why people follow us because we are our authentic selves so my next question to you is how is how are your cast members responding to this some of this language that probably has you taken aback and then you take a moment to kind of get yourself together to recognize you know this isn't quote unquote real right now so how are they responding i will say that um at the beginning of the process we had a really good um everyone was very hyper aware of the sensitivity of the content right mm-hmm. so we would make sure that we sat down and we had conversations and we asked how things made each other feel. And I think that that was really helpful because we do use a lot of words in this show that can be, if you, if you aren't aware of what you're doing and the, the reality of it, you can get wrapped up in it and you can get emotional and you, you know, you're human. So mm-hmm. I think it's very, very important that we have these check-in moments on stage as well. Like for example, Tracy, there's a moment and I know where I've been where Tracy checks in, you know, that's her moment where she's, she checks in with me. Cause that's the only real moment that we actually have in the show that we can actually take a moment and, and look at each other and, and see how we're feeling that day. And, and just something simple as that is, is important. And, it, and it's a beautiful thing because she knows that, you know, every day we have to tell this story and it can be very hard sometimes, you know, because the day could be a, it could be a bad day you know, for us, or something could have happened in real life that kind of, you know, triggers, can be easily triggered because of the content. So it's Mm -hmm. like, for her to check in, it it really does take your real life and make sure that everything's good there, you know, and she's, and I feel like she's checking in with seaweed, but she's also checking in with Mm Jamonte, you know, so just little moments like that. I definitely feel that there's a lot of those moments on stage, actually because it, it moves so fast that really, and, and because the council kids and the record shop kids are kind of separated until, you know, further along in the story, it gives, it makes it hard sometimes for us to check in because we're rarely on stage together. So anytime that we're on stage together, we try to make sure that like, we're like, hey, yeah, <laughs> like, how are you feeling? How's everything? You know, we really are a family, you know, and we really do at the end of the day, want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and feel like they're being heard and seen and understand the role that you're playing in the show and how much the story affects you. It affects everyone, but you know, how much it affects. I would say 
just because that's just how it's written, you know. Um, I was, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, how, I'm trying to weigh my words. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm trying to weigh my words. I would say that um, sometimes the, uh, the importance, the importance, importance of how seaweed influences the outcome of the story um, can be lost. So I had that conversation with our lead and she even recognized and she was like, well, this is the reason why I put this emphasis on this line is because I know that. And the way that it is written, she can't, nobody can change how it was written, but you have to take the responsibility of an actor to be like, okay, so this is written like this. Well, I'm going to do it like this, or I'm going to say it this way, or I'm going to uh, show, uh, make this choice physically to give the credit that's due. And I think um, from those personal conversations that we have had, um, like in the dressing rooms and stuff like that with other actors, we know what it is, if that makes sense, you know? <laughs> so, And if they didn't, they do by the end of the time. Like we, we're very vocal. So <laughs> you I, know. Love, I, I love, I love all of it. And that's, and that's why I asked because I recognize that it kind of has to be hard, probably on both parts, but I'm glad yes. to hear that, you know, you guys are advocating and have, no problem oh, using yeah, your voice yeah. oh, yes. to be said. Oh, so, yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How are you guys able to, you know, you're checking in on the stage. What are some of the things that you're doing? Because you guys are touring. How are you guys taking care of your self-care even with the whole touring process? Meaning, you know, uh -huh. your personal everyday lives and how are you navigating that space? Well, this is my second one. So I learned a lot of lessons from the first one. <laughs> And I think that um, what I found has helped me personally, I have to separate myself. You know, it, it is easier because I room alone, but anytime you can find time to go off, get an Uber, get a lift, go get a massage, go get something to eat because you're, you're at work, but you live at work. So there is never any turnoff time. So it, there are certain things that you're, that you, you're gonna go through because you're a human. Um, I hate to say it, but you can't go through it, you know, because you always with people all the time. <laughs> so you have to find that time like, OK, I'm having a moment. Let me separate myself so I can be completely myself, you know, because you're you're at work. So you're always being watched. That's just a part of the game. You know, you have to always be on. Um, that's our industry. So to stay sane and to um, always find the silver lining and, and to have a good time. I suggest for anybody who's, who is touring, find time like, okay, today I'm going to separate myself from my roommate. I'm going to separate myself from the cast. I'm going to go get a massage. I'm going to go to the mall by myself. I'm going to go or, or with this one person that I really feel comfortable with and we're going to go off. We're just going to sneak off and have some, some us time, you know? Um, that's what I personally do. Um, I find, like I said, find little things that I love to do and I'm gone. I see y'all at call time. <laughs> <laughs> same as same as to piggyback off Sandy, it really is about balance, you know, yeah. because we are full time. If we're not performing, sometimes we're rehearsing, you know, and and so it's just we we find ourselves to be. I, I I said to my mom, I said I'm a workaholic now, mom. For real, <laughs> like I I, can, I guess classified as workaholic because I'm always working. On and All so day. and I love it, but I'm just saying like it does there has to be balance yeah so everything that sandy said is absolutely correct like you have to find those moments even if it's simply hanging out with like for example little inez in the show i I'll, i'm always with her which makes our relationship 
on stage so real. And it makes that brother-sister bond so authentic because we're always together. And we always make sure that we're like, we're going to go do this. We're going to go, we're going to do this. Even if we're just hanging out, we're like, we're going to watch a movie. Yeah. We're going to watch a show. We're going to do something normal. Because really, it, you do on tour, you lose a lot of reality, real, reality and you normal do. life and real life. It, yeah. it becomes very like the show. You're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. In a bubble. Yeah. So, that's, so your life is the bubble. So you like certain things are heightened. Yep. And then when you step out of it, you really think about it. You're like, oh. That wasn't even a big deal, but yeah. but to you because you because you're, <laughs> you're living, living in it, because yeah. you know it's your your whole life. So I I yeah to enjoy it fully, you gotta balance. balance. You gotta have but that's anything in life. You gotta have a balance. So yeah. Were there any surprises like with your character or anything that you were learning? Was there anything that like emerged from your experiences that like? kind of either took you aback or like made you go, whoa, in any way? One thing that I will say with Seaweed is I didn't expect, I knew the role that he played in the show and the story, but I think being in it, I realized how important it is for him to be complete, like committed on stage from the time that he walks on to the time that he leaves because everything from his blocking to his choreography, it means something. And, you know, it reflects on another character or, you know, so I think I didn't expect that. Cause I, I don't know if you guys know, but I was originally ensemble. So I got to see the show from a different angle yeah. for a while. So, you know, you see, see, you see the other characters, but like you, it, there's nothing like being in their shoes. So I was able to really step back when I, when I took on the role, I was like, Oh, so he, this, this moment is, it means this. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't connect with this moment, then this doesn't make sense. Or if he doesn't, for the blocking, if he doesn't walk over here and, and bring Penny to blah, 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 or it doesn't, then this moment doesn't make sense further down the line. So it's just, it's a lot of things that I realized about the character where I'm like, okay, he has to be, it's very important for him to tell the story at all times. You know, he can't disconnect. He can't mm -hmm. go on autopilot. There's no autopilot. There's no disconnect with a lot of these characters because something will be lost if if you go on autopilot. Mm. So yeah. And it won't be it won't be the same every night. You know, sometimes it'll be a lot more vulnerable or you know, just little little nuances will be different, you know. So yeah, I definitely learned that about seaweed. Hmm, I would say with Motormouth, <laughs> I really had to just take in who she is. Like, I was like, okay, she, no husband is ever mentioned. So I was like, okay, so she might be a single mom. She has this big blonde wig on, on this all white show. And she's like, I'm big, blonde and beautiful. So she's like, listen, I can show y'all this. I can be whatever I want to be, you know? I can be this, I can be that. And guess what? Y'all can give me this one day. I'm going to cut up, you know? So it's, I I just, over time, I had to really take in like the weight that she carries being a pioneer for those children. She's, she's a light and she's a role model for all the record shop kids. That's a lot, you know, that's a lot of pressure as a woman as a black woman at that time, like everybody's watching you on this TV show. So I think, um, I know for me, I have to process that before I get on stage each night because it's not only to me, that is not only important 
it's not only important that I give the energy and give the availability that's due for my, my castmates, but for the audience too, because she's a vital piece to the story. So I have to like put myself in that space because they're on, first of all, I don't go on stage until like almost an hour into the show. <laughs> so they're like hyped up and I'm like, okay, girl, like <laughs> this is where they are in the store. This is who you are. Okay, let's do this, you know, to be able to convey what I feel like it is, is my responsibility to convey every night. So, yeah. And we're almost yeah. out of time. So any last minute thoughts you want to share? Any Anything you didn't get to talk about? <laughs> Anything y'all want to ask? <laughs> I have a really quick. Well, this is not really quick, but um, so this is the 20th anniversary show. What do you hope people take away? And why do you think this show is relevant like right now? It's um, it depends on which way you look at it. You know what I'm saying? As, as far as why it's relevant right now. Um, it's relevant right now to me for one reason, if you want to pick like a I shouldn't say superficial, but like a surface reason because good music never dies, you know, and the music, the music in the show is, is crazy. You know, fashion never dies. You know, the show is really fashionable, you know, so um, I think um, inclusion is something we should never forget. Um, some of the things that um, the Black people in the story are, are going through, we're still going through it now. So, you know, that's still, unfortunately, it's still in discussion, you know, so that's something that's in the forefront we should always think about. Um, and I pray that theater never dies. So, you know, listen, so we're, we're here doing what we love to do, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. What about you? Everything Sandy said. <laughs> and I would say definitely optimism, because I know from, from the character that I play, I, he has a lot of optimism. And he is, a, a, I feel like, a bridge for, you know, the record shop kids and the company. He brings everyone together and and every every side is, like, brought together. Um, so I, at Unity, I think we can look at this story and really see, like, towards, by the end, I don't want to give it away, but by the end, you if know. I already have it. <laughs> by the end, you know, it's it really does show that like everyone can come together and, and coexist and have fun and and smile and have that joy. And mm-hmm. I think together that, together. And I think that that's very important right now mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's so much going on in the world yes. and so much opposition. And this show has, it has a lot of opposition. You see it from the beginning. You, you see the opposition. You see the separation. But by the end, you see that unity. And I think that if people really if you don't take anything else from this story, take away those elements, optimism and unity. Yes. And inclusion, like you said. Mm-hmm. We all can live in harmony together. Yes. No matter what your race, body size, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. belief, whatever, we mm-hmm. all can be together mm-hmm. and love one another because we're all human. We all need the same things. We all want to be careful. We all want to be loved. We all want to be heard. So, yep. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love this show. Um, I was so excited to see it live on TV and I cannot wait to see it when it hits Philadelphia. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs>
Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.